Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 219 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined once again by the wonderful Katie. How are you doing, Katie? I am doing okay. I'm tired, but I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. We both just admitted to each other that when we first started doing the zombie primers, um, that we were like totally on it. And by the beginning of the, you know, by midweek, we we were done and <laughs> ready to go. And now let's see, she, Katie, you finished yours last night. Yeah. Around 11 PM. Something like yeah. that. And I had to get up extra early this morning so that I could, uh, finish the last 20 minutes of 28 days later. And, uh, and the entirety of Shaun of the Dead. So <laughs> we're on top of it. <laughs> hey, we getting our we getting it done. That's all that getting really matters, That's right? All that matters. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. How was your week? Atrocious. Oh, was it really? I do you want to hear this whole thing? I can tell you if you want to hear Go it. Go for it. Go for it. We're all about the 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 rants here. So I have a lot of pent up rage and anger about the monopoly that exists that uh, Live Nation and Ticketmaster sit on top of. Mm -hmm. Um, So this week, BTS tickets for their concert in November and December went on sale. Super cool. Great. Had a pre-sale code because I held on to my Map of the Soul 7 tour concert tickets. Show got canceled. I got a special code to get pre-sale tickets early, right? So they mm-hmm. were doing four pre-sales. Four. Two for the people that had previous Map of the Soul tour tickets. So if you had VIP, you got to go the first day. If you had just like non-VIP, second day. And then it was Army, like fan club membership day was day three. Mm-hmm. Verified fan through Ticketmaster day four. Okay? Mm-hmm. Day one, hot mess, giant shit show. Second day, I come in trying to buy tickets, get through the queue super early, showed up on time, right? Got into the Mm -hmm. waiting room, got into the queue, get through the queue like 20 minutes in, get in, start selecting my seats. You know, I want three good seats, not not $400 seats, but I was willing to spend $275 on a concert ticket. Okay. I selected three seats, max four, right? So I was buying myself, Chelsea and Trinity, her friend tickets, select my three seats, check out error message. Oh no. Select another three seats, error message, select another three seats, error message. Didn't matter where I went, what I clicked on, no matter what error message every single time. And I wow. wasn't the only one because I was on Twitter raging if anybody was on Twitter at the time that I was trying to buy these tickets. <laughs> and so I ended up getting kicked out and back into the queue, okay, which was 2,000 plus people in front of me. Oh, my God. Okay. So I gave up on that day that I was trying to get because I could have selected any of the four days. So I picked a different day and ended up getting through the queue. I also switched browsers. I was using Chrome and I switched to Safari. Mm-hmm. And I got in. So let me let me tell you this. When I bought my tickets for the Rose Bowl, which is where the concert was supposed to be last year, I was sitting mm-hmm. pretty close. Not floor, but pretty damn close. Paid $175 right. for my tickets. 
Chelsea and I had great seats. You know where I'm sitting for this concert? Nosebleeds? Yes. Uh. Section 500s for 75 a piece. Uh. Suffice it to say, I'm pissed off. I'm happy that I'm going. I'm I'm right. very happy. Um, and uh, our friend Trinity, who also had the special code, was never able to buy tickets. That's so frustrating. I've been noticing that about Chrome the other day, like uh, Chrome lately. Matt was trying to book uh, uh, something online, and he was getting really frustrated. And I was like, oh, try a different browser. I mean, usually it's like, oh, stop using Safari and go try Chrome. But yeah. lately, I feel like Chrome has not been cooperating with a lot of these like websites. No, it's been like... I was very angry about this whole situation. And then so was like my friends. And so the next day we also got codes to buy tickets again. So Mm -hmm. I'm not complaining because I feel very lucky about the fact that I get to go and I get to go three times. So we're seeing the concert three times. We're going first, second and the third day. Okay. None of our seats are super close. We're like nosebleeding it. And some of my other friends like Chelsea, uh, not, not my Chelsea, but, uh, uh, podcast listener chelsea that we talked to mm-hmm. in slack mm-hmm. all the time she's yeah. going too and she got tickets for the days that i'm going so i'll get to see her excellent um but the thing is is that like they didn't have any of the floor seats or sound check tickets available for my first day of ticket buying which is totally unfair then the second day they had barely any available because you said to overwhelming response which they should have anticipated. There was a time where we got stuck in the queue for over an hour and it didn't move because of errors and Ticketmaster just like falling apart. That's frustrating. And then to top it all off, and I'll end this rant, is that they decided that this being one of the largest, the most popular band in the world, okay, BTS, Mm -hmm. being the most anticipated concert of the last two years because it's finally we get to see them in person it's going to be huge right Mm -hmm. they gave nfl season ticket holders to sofi stadium early access to these bts tickets and they got barricade tickets like front row ones so these people who have no intention of going to this concert went in bought front row seats and a bunch of other ones with the intention of scalping them for Mm -hmm. a thousand times the face value of that ticket. Front row seats for the BTS concert or floor seats were $400, 400. Okay. I saw tickets on sale at StubHub, that same ticket for $50,000. Jesus. Like, are you effing kidding me? Like people are so pissed because so many people didn't get tickets and there are thousands of tickets for resale on StubHub. I paid $75 to sit in nosebleed. Those tickets are on sale for 300. Wow. So people on all of army on Twitter is like, do not buy right now tickets from StubHub, like StubHub. Do not buy resale tickets. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Wait until it gets closer to this concert because then they'll realize, oh, I can't sell these for this price because no one's buying them. Mm-hmm. And also for all those morons who bought VIP tickets, guess what? Those are non-resellable. So now you're stuck with VIP tickets. I hope you enjoy the concert you're not going to. Wow. 
VIP tickets are non-transferable and it said it right there on them. And they bought them anyway with the intention of reselling them and they're non-transferable. That's frustrating. Well, I mean, like, it's frustrating that they did that. Oh, yeah. But- it's, I'm just mad about it. No, I totally completely understand. Like, I, I, I feel you. I know how bad it is to get Comic-Con tickets. And so, like, I can't even imagine something that you're this excited about and having people come in and, because you can't scalp Comic-Con tickets. Like, that's no. it. So, you know, at least you know the people who are going or people who want to go. But to add into that a new layer where like, oh, it's all right. Um, we're just going to, you know, not care about the actual uh, concert and and sell this stuff. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say was going to happen was that people were going to just not buy the tickets. Because I mean, sorry, $50,000 for a ticket to a concert. Um, no, no, you could buy a car. <laughs> yeah. Or a down payment on a house or something like there's so many other things you can buy. But like. For me, they should have just like, they should just make concert tickets non-resellable. Yeah. So that well, what they, they should do, do is they should go onto um, StubHub and un- um, like cancel all of those tickets and then put them back up for sale. That's what they should do, and that's what we were saying. Like, like there's no reason that StubHub should allow people to try to resell tickets for that much. Like, they should be resold for face value only. Mm-hmm. Like. Face value plus the fees you paid. Right. And that's it. Like, it shouldn't be any more than that. That's why, like, we were te- they were telling people on Twitter to only do Ticketmaster verified resale. Mm-hmm. Because with that, they have they are only allowed to sell them at face value. Right. Because we don't want to take away, like, if something happens and somebody can't go, and they don't want to mm-hmm. be out that money, then we should definitely give them the opportunity to sell them. But, you know, not for turning a profit. Yeah, people came across whole Facebook groups and stuff of these freaking people going, oh, we're going to make so much money off of these BTS fans. I hate people. Uh, So to top that off, I watched Squid Games, where a bunch of people got uh, killed in that show. (laughs) Just uh, the catharsis. (laughs) Um, It's very good. Highly recommend. Uh, It's a Korean show. Uh, BJ also watched it. Um. It's it's very good. It's like The Purge meets Hunger Games, but it's voluntary. Yeah, I'm I'm we have suggested it to Matt as a possibility for something to watch, but um I don't know. I know it's very violent and, it and is very not violent. a fan of violence, so it'll be uh an interesting to it'll be interesting to see if uh if he will stick with it because it's a series, right? It's a mini series. Yeah, it's like nine episodes. It's pretty quick. Um, it's just it's it's insanely violent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it basically proves that people will do legitimately anything for money. Ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, if anybody needs any other Korean show uh, recommendations, I got you. But I'm really into Korean romance shows, so if that's what you're looking for, I got you. Um, <laughs> I've only watched a few that are not uh, like romance ones. I watched one called The Devil Judge, which was about like they Korea was supposed to be more of a dystopian style society, and mm-hmm. it's about the judicial system there. And they started doing live trials and like allowing the citizens to vote whether or not the person was guilty or not. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. It was really good. Uh, one of my favorite K-pop idols. 
was in the show. He was one of the lead, one of the three leads. It's really good. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. But anyways, uh, that was my life. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. This was a, this was a rough week, and next week's going to be, I think, even a little bit rougher, just because it's been so busy. Um, school's been insane. Just. Mm-hmm. Exhausting. <laughs> it's just exhausting. And it's only October. Um, but uh, I have been. Uh, so you and I play a uh, Monster of the Week campaign on As the Dice Roll. So Monster of the Week is a system based off uh, a group of games called uh, Powered by the Apocalypse. And so all of these games kind of have the same rule set, but they have different like diff- they call the stats different things and they have different kind of play styles and everything else but i mean it's the same idea of um s- 10 plus is a, a full hit a, a seven to nine is a partial hit and then anything below seven is a, a miss and that's kind of the the core idea and then you build off of that yeah well I, I love urban fantasy. That's why I like uh, Monster of the Week so much is because it is, um, you know, based on a lot of urban fantasy tropes. Well, they also have one called Urban Shadows, which is like urban fantasy, but like the politics of like factions. So like, you know, the vampires against the werewolves, against the wizards, against the... So it's like all about like trying to take over the city. Okay. And 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 kind of run it with your your group. And so I was looking for a actual play to see how they do it because to me it's that like I know how to run campaigns for Monster of the Week because it's just basically like an episode of Buffy. It's a Monster of the Week thing. Like you know, what are what's the monster like? How do they defeat him? All right, there's your game. But I'm like, I don't know how this would work. So I'm listening to something called um, Santa Sombra. It's on YouTube. So I just download it before I, I head out for work. And, and I've been listening to that. And it's it's using the quick start second edition rules, which is basically like, this is the essential stuff you need to know before the actual book comes out. I got it all on Kickstarter. And like I'm very excited for it to come out, but it's not going to be coming out for several more months. But that's honestly about all I have had time to do that and, and watch our movies is try and, you know, back and forth as I'm driving back and forth from work, listen to episodes of Santa Sombra. And uh, <laughs> the, as, as you know, the, the character building portion of the game where you're like making connections between characters and everything takes a really long time. So we haven't even really gotten to the actual episodes where, um, action is starting <laughs> so okay. i'm just waiting. like how how do you play this game <laughs> like what what adventure are these characters going on that makes sense in this world so i'm, I'm looking forward to it but i'm getting a little bit impatient because it's like i want to know how to play this <laughs> but mm-hmm. but that's what that's basically all i've done this week okay then. um yeah my um my routine has been Rehearsal until about four thirty, five o'clock. Drive home, fall asleep for an hour, and then we watch. Oh, that's not true. We've been watching British Bake Off. Same. That is back, and I'm very, very excited. Do you have a favorite? Um, I haven't picked my favorite person yet. Um, 
I love that show, though. Yeah, it's so good. It's so, so good. I've been... We have been watching that. I've been going back to rewatch, because, like, I actually, like, I haven't seen the whole series yet, so I, like, I just finished basically everything that's available on Netflix, and then I'm for, like, that's under the British Bake Off, like, Mm -hmm. title, and then there's, like, British Bake Off The Beginnings, so I'm switching to watching that one. Are those just earlier seasons, or... Okay. It's like the first couple of seasons that were on like PBS. Okay. So I have to go back and, and check that out and see. Cause I haven't, I think we've seen all seasons, but I don't know for sure. I love British Bake Off. It's so good. So good. It's so unlike any of our competition shows, like our competition shows are like, <laughs> they're angry and competitive. And this is like on your marks, get set. Bake, and then pretty music, and people are stirring things, and oh, that looks wonderful. You're doing a good job over there. Oh yes, it's like it just so it's so relaxing after a stressful re- week. What I like is that one of the big things I like about that show is that you are completely judged only on the three things that you baked that day. So you could yeah. be really crappy and almost get um, voted off in the previous day. And then come back, and in the next episode, you win Star Baker. So, right. and then the different, and the other way too, you could be Star Baker one day or multiple days in a row, and then have a bad day and get voted off the show. Right. Well, and it's like every episode is a different type of baking, and so mm-hmm. it they really are trying to find somebody that's decent at every type of baking you got. Exactly, exactly. I've also learned lots of new words by watching the show. Um, <laughs> and also that they pronounce words weird. But it's also just a British thing. Like or- oregano. Oregano. <laughs> Meta. <laughs> yeah, on um, on Cautious Optimism, my friend Raven is from London. It lives in London. So she 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 does Saturday night games while we're all doing Saturday morning games. Um, but yeah, every once in a while she'll say something and we'll all just like you hear that. We don't know what that is. Pause that American. All right. We're all our, our, our wheels are spinning. OK, what does that mean in American? <laughs> and then she go, oh, I'm sorry. And then she'll give us the definition. <laughs> I love that. I love the word stodgy. Stodgy is a good word. Stodgy is a good word. There's one word that they use constantly that just makes me happy. Um, it's not like, how do they say it's tasty? But it's it's not, they don't say tasty. They say it's... Um, it I can't think. I don't know. There's a way that they say it's tasty, but it's not tasty. And it's like, that's a great word. Yeah, they have great words for stuff. It's just really funny when they pronounce certain words cause that are like the same words that we have mm-hmm. um, that are... Basil, they, oregano. Basil, oregano, <laughs> matcha. Matcha's my favorite one. <laughs> I was like, it's ma- matcha, but okay. Well, and then a lot of times, like, we're trying to figure out what that... Um, like, somebody will pause the, the show. Okay, okay, what was that ingredient? Oh, oregano. Okay. <laughs> All right, you can press play again. There's there's other times where like they say something, I'm like, hold on, and then I have to like Google it. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like I'd never heard <laughs> the word stodgy before until I started watching that show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but my roommate and I, our favorite thing was like, oh, this is overbaked, underproved, overproved, and underbaked and overbaked at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, how is that possible? 
So you've seen you've seen the Mary Berry episodes? Yeah. Okay. So we are always talking about soggy bottoms. Ah, soggy bottoms. Yes. <laughs> soggy you don't bottom. want a soggy bottom. <laughs> Nobody wants a soggy bottom. It it's true. <laughs> I'm living for Noel. Noel's my favorite like host. Yeah, Noel's awesome. He did you watch the newest episode that was out? Is it the one where he was looked like Waldo? The one oh no, the one where he had his like hair up and a hair tie. Oh no, I haven't seen that one. Oh. He he came out with his hair up and I was like, oh hello. I was like, your <laughs> sideburns are intense, but like I'm loving this widow's peak thing you got going on. You look like a vampire. Well they they had I saw an episode where they had um somebody had made something that was very, very garlic and mm-hmm. uh Paul Hollywood was like uh Noel and he's like <laughs> 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 bless i love them all there's the, it's so funny they call they call waldo wally because there is there's an episode where he literally has a red and white striped sweater on and then at some point comes out with the hat and the glasses and somebody goes you look like uh wally <laughs> matt was like having problems he's like it's waldo i'm like not not in the uk it's not <laughs> <laughs> i love it so much it's so funny it just makes life happy Right. Sometimes we need that. After the weeks you and I have had. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that we end on Friday with the British Bake Off. I'm so thankful that I only have to work three days this week because then I'm just going to fly to Portland and chill with Steph for like four days. It's going to be great. That's excellent. I'm excited. Now, has she seen um, Warm Bodies? Because that's what we're covering next week, right? So she's very like not wanting to watch it. And I'm like, it's not scary. It's, it's not it's, violent. It's not. I mean, there's like minimal violence. Right. And For a zombie film. Definitely. Especially after like the ones we just watched. Jesus um, Christ. Uh, I was like, it's minimal. Like you can, you can do this. And she's like, I don't know if I want to watch a zombie romance movie. You can do this. So I even bought a new mic a tiny one that's like portable and had good reviews that clips onto my laptop to take oh, that's awesome for Yay. recording on Sunday. So I thank you for your dedication. I, when we were talking about the two movies that I've been dying to talk about this entire time. <laughs> I'm excited about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I knew there was a book. I don't didn't realize that there was a movie version. So I'm I very can't wait. About that. I can't wait for you to see it because I love the actor that they got to play for Darcy. And then mm-hmm. the actress that plays um, Elizabeth, they were both really good choices. Uh, yeah. Just all around. Fantastic. I love that movie very much. <laughs> excellent. 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 All right. Well, we are going to hop over to quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, very not romantic <laughs> zombie movies. Nope. And we will be back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. 
Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. We are back. And we are talking... We... we... I'm glad that we paired these two together, though they don't necessarily go together. I guess we could call them British zombie movies. <laughs> yes. Actually, they are, because they both take place in England. Yeah, so we could go with that. Um, so we did 28 Days Later, and we did Shaun of the Dead. We're going to start with 28 Days Later so we can have a Shaun of the Dead chaser, because Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've forgotten. I, I knew it was an intense movie. I remember it being an intense movie. I forgot how much of an intense movie 28 Days Later is. Um, I'm also really sad how crappy it looked on my nice television. <laughs> yeah, it did not. The film, the way they filmed it did not hold up to modern technology. <laughs> it looked like a found, found footage. That's yeah, really it what it looked very like. Very grainy. Very, very grainy. Yeah, it's upsetting. I was watching it and I was like, God, when did this movie come out? And I was like, oh, 2003. That's not that long ago. <laughs> but actually it is. Oh yeah. my God, that is a long time ago. Oh. I feel so I, old. We were talking when we were on campus. Okay, so so I went to to USC yesterday to see a student in um in a show that he was in because I went to USC and it's the only student who decided to go to my alma mater in my program. So I was very excited, and um and I've never missed a show that he's done there. So went out to see his show. And Matt also went to USC, so we were walking around comparing notes and where we where we went to class. And you know, it's the first time he'd seen this the theater that I had done um, uh, my my senior project in. And as we're walking around, I was like, I miss college. And you know, you're looking at all the stuff that's changed. I'm like, God, it's been 20 years. Like literally, it's been 20. One years since I graduated. Oh boy, that makes you feel old real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Oh boy. So yeah, um, so twenty eight days later, for those of you who have opted out of watching this one, and I don't blame you because I mean, it's a very good movie. It's a very good zombie movie, mm-hmm. but it's intense. It's probably the most intense one we've got on this that I've watched so far. I don't know about the other. I th- I've, I have a feeling that Train to Busan is going to be yes intense, but I can feel it already. Yeah, but up until now, I think this is the this is the biggest one, most mm-hmm. intense one we've had. So the first thing we have to talk about is Katie. Are these zombies? I don't. I don't know if they count as zombies. I mean, they die. People. The people do. <sighs> I guess they die. I don't know. It's hard to tell because like the no, no, because they're still alive. Yeah. Right? They don't die. Yeah. They just yeah. get filled with rage. So I, I feel like these don't really count as zombies. They just count as like, cause they're infected with a virus and the rage virus mm-hmm. and they become like psychotic and evil and they try to murder you and pass the virus on, but they don't actually kill you because if you get, because they can shoot them in any part of their body and they die. 
So, but they have to be, I mean, you have to take them down because, um, the, the virus basically kills all their other pain sensors so that they don't even realize they've been shot. And so, you know, they might die eventually after, but that doesn't mean they're not going to still do damage while they're dying. Yeah. You have to like basically incapacitate them. Yeah. Um, but I feel like these sort of count as zombies because they have the same, like some of the same like zombie like things, right? Well, the trope the tropes are the same, right? I mean, it, yeah. this is definitely qualifies as a zombie movie. Yeah, it definitely does. It's just that the the people in it per se are not zombies; they're just infected with a virus, right? Because <laughs> damn Peta. You know, <laughs> I get it. Like I, I do, get, I do. I get, I get, the, I get of like what they're trying to do, right? Like that they're animal rights activists, and they, you know, are for the stopping of testing on animals. Totally here for it. Totally understand. But also, they are not willing to listen because they're so focused on their mission. Like the doctor was trying to tell them, like, don't let them go. They're infected with a vi- with the rage virus. Like they will kill you. And he, they're like, no, we're going to release these animals. And I'm like, well, then you're going to die. So like, yeah, yeah it's like you, you, <laughs> yes, we understand what you're doing. <laughs> no, you are not being smart about it. It's, because this is like the thing is is like this has happened in real life like this isn't something that they just like made up mm-hmm. that that people have like broken into labs and facilities and stuff and released animals that were infected with like viruses and things like that and released them and yeah and it just it's just like what we again we realize what you're trying to do but you're not you're not accomplishing a good thing <laughs> I was like, yeah, they probably shouldn't have infected them with the virus to test it in the first place. Like, definitely not. And they definitely, they probably should not be doing testing on animals. And that's a different conversation. Yeah. But when the guy in the lab coat says, don't touch that, it will make you sick. Don't touch that. It will make you sick. When he's like, literally like, please don't do like begging you. Yeah. And you and you don't do and you do it anyway and you let him out and then you're sh- you know surprised Pikachu when the 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 chimpanzee like tries like attacks you and starts trying to eat you, mm-hmm. like <laughs> those people that broke in there and released those animals are literally the response are responsible for the complete destruction of planet Earth. Congratulations, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any more animal testing because there won't be any people. Right. Um, so this, I feel like this started when, because um, it, it, it ends with, it, it begins with Killian Murphy in the hospital. Naked. And it's v- naked. And completely. it's very much completely naked. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're talking. Sorry. Um, but the uh, the Walking Dead started the same way. Like yes. it's very much, and a couple a couple of zombie films have started the, the the same way, where the main character wakes up in a hospital, and the world. I guess it's a way to like destroy the world, but still have the character discover it, so that you can the the audience can learn what's going on. 
it, yeah, because I think you're supposed to be learning, uh, following like the, the main character, right? Because that's what they did in Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. as well. Like she was in the hospital and woke up and then realizes that the entire, was that the end, end of the first one? Might have been. It's like end of the first one where she wakes up and the whole world is like destroyed by the Umbrella Co- Corporation. And then in this mm-hmm. one, like he wakes up and, uh, He's like, there's no one around. So I'm going to walk around yelling, hello, anybody there? Walks into a church full of dead bodies. Hello, anyone there? Oh, no. That one, I remember that, like, I still have the same reaction to that scene that I did the first time I saw it. Because it's just a freaky scene. The two crazy people down in the, like, while everybody's dead in the church, except for apparently a couple of infected who, like, mm-hmm. when he says hello, they pop their heads up. And then you just hear this stumbling coming up the stairs, and the priest is like, Sup? Yeah, he's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> who disturbs me from my slumber? It was, it's intense. It is an intense way to introduce the scary people. It's because it's like, it takes 28 days for the whole thing to happen. And this poor guy who's been in a coma for that time frame, like he was in, he got hit by a car cause he was a courier. He got hit by a car, had surgery, was put into a coma, right? Wakes up. Mm-hmm. The whole world has like, like all the people in the world have like disappeared and he has zero information. And then at least his like response was good. Not like, Oh my God, are you okay? He's like, Oh hell no. And then leave. Right. <laughs> like at least his survival instinct is good instincts are good whether it's like there's other people who would be like oh no little girl are you okay gets eaten yes yes well that's how that's how Zack snyder's dawn of the dead i was gonna say yeah that was, yeah and there's like this came out before dawn of the dead but i think Snyder said, "Oh, fast zombies, yes, please." And I, that's, I think, that's why we got the Dawn of the Dead that we got from Zack Snyder. I think is because of this movie. This is the first movie to really do fast zombies. It's like it's it's terrifying. Like, I mean, I think it was like Lyle, right, who was talking about like the differences between was it Lyle or somebody else? No, I'm pretty sure it was Lyle. Yeah, I was talking about the difference between like fast zombies and slow zombies where like fast zombies are only scary in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like slow zombies is this sort of like, like they'll eventually get you. So it's this like constant high level of alert, but this honestly, kind of a good combination of the two, but honestly, I, I'd rather take the slow zombie, the slow zombies over these fast ones. Cause these are terrifying. Yeah. They're, they're like angry, violent, fast i mean they're not they're not super fast they don't have the super superhuman powers that the the dawn of the dead zombies do but they're they're pretty close <laughs> i mean the like just everything and the thing is is that like the infection is spread through saliva through bodily fluid so saliva and blood and you just have to get the blood in an open wound in your eye in your mouth any of those things and you're going to turn into that yeah yeah, it's a little intense. We get later in the in the the summary, like one of the the most intense, uh, like 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> just everything about this is intense, right? So, like, Killian Murphy is, like, trying to get away or, like, find somewhere safe. And he's getting, like, attacked by by the fast zombies. And then the two, Mark is Mark and Selena or whatever, mm-hmm. save him. And he has, like, no damn idea what's going on. He's like, what is happening? <laughs> Poor guy. He's just like, why? Naomi Harris is fierce. Absolutely she's- love her. She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And when that Mark guy gets bit, he's like, come on, come on. And then she just kills him. Sorry. No, there's no like if answer, but like you got bit, you're going to, I'm not dying because of you. (laughs) You're done. (laughs) You're done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they and and the reason why he gets killed is because again we, we we're spoiling the whole thing. That's how it that's how it works. We we if you've been listening, you know that you're going to get the whole summary. So if you don't want us to spoil it, go go away, come back. But um, they go to check out like uh, Gillian Murphy's character Jim is like, I want to go see my family. I want to go find them, and they're like, they're dead. And he's like, No, I want to go find them. No, no, really, they're dead. Let's just go. Uh, well, okay, we'll go find them because you're not going to stop until we do. And of course, yeah. they're dead. But um, because they're there and they're not in this, like they had a pretty nice, like they they were hunkered down pretty good. Mm-hmm. And now they're in this house that's kind of exposed. And so then we lose Mark. Um, but when they lose Mark. Selena's like, there's no way we can stay here because there will be more because there's always more. And yep. uh, they go they go trying to find another safe place to stay. And that's when they run into Hannah and her father, who I don't remember the name of. Brandon Gleason. <laughs> the actor. Yes. Hagrid. <laughs> no. Hagrid. No, no, that's not Hagrid. Uh, uh, no. Mad Eye Moody. Yes. Um, looking, looking, looking. Frank. Frank. Okay. So Frank and Hannah, dad and daughter. And I like, I always like those moments of like survival, like lessons where, mm-hmm. where they're like, this is how we've survived. And they've basically put out all of these like containers that they found in their apartment building up on the roof to gather water. And it's just not been raining. Like it's just been like an, a, a a strange dry spell in London, which of course, you know, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, we're going to have a dry spell. Of course. Um, so, you know, they're, they basically kind of decide that there's no way that they're going to be able to survive just hunkering down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the poor, the poor fishies. Mm. They had fish and they, the, the, there's just very little bit of water left for the fishies to be in because they've had to use the water for drinking. Um, so they decide they're going to go on the move. They've heard um, a recording, a military recording that's repeating, come to this place, you'll be safe here. Mm-hmm. Which if you haven't learned by now, watching all of these movies, it's not true. No. <laughs> There's nobody there left. It's like, never going to be there. Just don't go. It's fine. I think I've learned from watching these movies is that in the event of a zombie apocalypse, even though the military sounds like a good idea and that they will potentially save you, it's a bad idea every single time. Yeah, every single time. It's not going to go well for you. It's not going to go well for you. 
It's always even if bad. you're okay, it's not going to go well for you. No, no. And this time it was like super extra bad, but we'll get there. Yeah. So I don't know. They <laughs> the okay. One of the most intense movie moments we've seen so far is that goddamn tunnel. I was cracking up though when they all piled into the taxi and he was like, I don't take credit cards and then turn the meter on. I'm dying. <laughs> they had to have moments of lev- levity in this movie because yeah. this was an intense movie. And um and there's not a lot of like monster scenes in it. There really aren't. No, it's just it's more about it's it's more about like the relationship building between those four people and then how it turns and then what happens at the ho- the house. Yeah. And so it's, it, but the, the anxiety producing thing is that it's just kind of always quiet and you never know when something's going to happen. Oh my God. Cause like when they pulled up to the tunnel, right? Because that was the only way for them to go and they're sitting there and they're like, should we do it? And they're like, F it. Like we're just going to go and they go and they're like, this is a very bad idea. <laughs> And like, they, it just, yeah, it was a bad idea. Well, yeah, they, they drive, you think they're going to make it. And there's that moment where you're like, oh, they're breaking a trope. They're going to make it across because they, they basically, the cars have piled up in a way that there's basically a ramp over the cars. Mm-hmm. So they drive their taxi over the cars um, and they're bouncing all over. It's almost like a roller coaster and they're getting all the way through. And then at the end, when they come back down, they lose a tire. Like one of the tires goes flat. Of course. And, of course. And so they're like, all right, well, we'll change it. And then a great zombie trope, which we haven't seen a lot of up until now, but I have seen in other movies, is animals fleeing from the dead. Yep. And just rats, just Ugh. hundreds and hundreds of rats come flying down the other end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And they're being chased by a whole horde of infected. And... Like, instead of running, they continue to change the tire. Well, they need the car. That's the only mode of transportation that they have. So they have, like, how fast can we change this tire moment? And Hannah, who's what, like 14, if that, is a rock star. She's a boss, man. She's a boss ass. She has a couple of badass moments in this movie. Seriously. She's, like, amazing. Which is another trope breaking. Like usually they take the youngest girl in the group and they make her absolutely useless. Yeah. And this is, I was very happy to see that there was no, like if anyone at the beginning, Jim was the weakest. Like, so the lead white guy was the weakest at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Every time when they were like running up the stairs and he's like yelling for Selena to wait for him. And I was like, hell no. <laughs> keep it's going, like, girlfriend. Just yeah, keep going. <laughs> I was like, hell no, bro. You just do this on survival mentality. Like you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the other person. Right. Like, and Frank's up at the top in survival gear going, come on in and has it all like figured out. It's like everybody in this movie is kind of badass. Jim, Jim gets badass later, but he was kind of a weasel at the beginning. We're like, we. Yeah. But he also yeah, we, from a coma, so. Yeah, they, they, and they even talked about that. Like, at some point, he's got this really bad headache. And it, and she's like, well, we've been subsiding on, like, sugar yeah. for the last several days. And you have no body fat on you because you've been in a coma for however long. Like a month, yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. I feel bad for him. So, him not being able to run very fast, understandable. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's it's not like he's just a slacker. He he does try. <laughs> yes. Um so yeah, Hannah badassly, which is now a word, um, changes mm-hmm. the tire and they pile in and they just by the skin of their teeth get out of there. Um but it is a friggin' intense moment. <laughs> they do that thing where like you see the rats first and you're just like, Oh my God. And then you look up and you see the shadows on the wall and you're just right. like, Oh shit. And there's just more and, and more. more. And, and then, then you, you see the first one. <laughs> and then you hear them and you're just like, they're like, we don't have time to jack the car up. And this so they just like pick up the car. Yeah. They just pick up the car, which is, I mean, apparently British cars are very small and very light. Um, sure. <laughs> We're going to go with it. Um, so then they finally get to where they're going and there's some snogging between Celeste and Jim, I'm sorry, Selena and Jim. Mm -hmm. And when they finally get to the place that we knew was not going to have any soldiers left. Yep. Like, okay. So how do you feel about the whole, um, Frank thing? So... Obviously, like, their whole goal was to get to this, like, one place, right? And we've seen that time and time again where you know it's not going to end well, right? Like, Dawn of the Dead, they're like, we've got to get to this island. There won't be any affected. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Tons of zombies, right? It's yeah. it's like that every single time, right? And then when they get there, there's just, like, military vehicles. There's no one left. And his frustration at that is totally understandable, mm-hmm. right? Because hope that's what they had is hope and now they have zero and so he gets mad at the crow right who's like making a bunch of noise goes over is staring up and sees a dead body right like up there and he kicks it and a drop of blood falls right into his eye i was really upset yeah i remember the first time i saw that i was like oh that's 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 not fair. <laughs> no, like, that's just not fair. <laughs> it's it's very upsetting because it's like clear that he is going to turn, and the thing is, is like like in the back of your mind, you know that not all the military people are probably dead; that they're probably somewhere in the vicinity, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, in like obviously, like seeing this movie before this, that that what happens later may or may not have happened had Frank not died. Right. Right. Like that is definitely a, a crucial turning point. Yes. That, that is a nexus event. (laughs) Exactly. Because he is a, uh, more authoritative figure, right. In that group. Mm -hmm. And so he would have been more of the protector for all three of them, especially for Hannah and Selena and Mm -hmm. him dying basically solidifies what will happen later. Right. Um, But also knew instantly like bunch of dudes, bunch of military people, two women knew what was going to happen. Right. This is, this is exactly I think going back, because I think I even saw this before I saw the original Land of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why anytime I see Land of the Dead, I'm like, there's one woman. Like, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. Yep. Um, Yep. So, yeah. So he has just enough time to say goodbye to Hannah before he turns. 
Um, and then they're going to get ready to kill him, and he gets shot by the soldiers. Yep. The soldiers take them back. You're safe when everything's wonderful. And, of course, uh, who, what's the name of the the um, the guy in charge? You mean Christopher Eccleston? Mr. Yes. Ninth Doctor? Yes. Doctor? Yep. He, whoever the, the head guy is, he has that very Rafe Fiennes um, style to his acting. Mm-hmm. And anytime Rafe Fiennes is playing a nice guy, you're like, oh, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> it's really funny because, like, Chris Eccleston, like, he plays his characters very well, no matter what they are. Because mm-hmm. even when he played the doctor, it, it he had this, like, level of niceness, but also this, like, like, the way that he acts in this in this movie, it's very similar because, like, obviously, like, in Doctor Who, he's been, like, he's the the doctor after the war. So obviously mm-hmm. like not a good place, <laughs> but uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tough. Yeah. So he plays this like very tough, like tragic guy. And he does that well in this movie too, but also like men are awful. Just saying. Yeah. So, so you come to find out cause we all know something's not right. Like they've set themselves up in this big mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, all these defenses pretty well set up. Um, they have their like captured zombie that they're watching for experimental purposes. Um, and they, you, you come to find out that he has promised his men women. And now that they have Hannah and, um, and Selena, the, the, <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> and so basically they're going to basically just be there for the men's pleasure. And um, and as soon as Jim figures this out, he's like, oh, hell no. But he's outnumbered and he has no guns. So um, th- there's a sergeant there who's not been on board and tries to help them. And that does not go well for anybody. Uh, and they take the sergeant and Jim off out into the woods to shoot him. Uh, yeah. And yes. And Jim, Jim, this is where Jim's like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jim's. I am done with this moment. And he, so they, they, the, the sergeant causes a problem and they shoot him and then they turn around and Jim's gone and they're like, well, where the hell did he go? And all he has done is like laid down in the pile of dead people that they've like everybody that they've shot is still there. Yeah. And so he just lies down in the bodies and they, they don't recognize that he's there. They don't see him. So they go off after him and he's like, whoop, and he takes off. Yep. Um, and that's where he, he starts his big revenge. Like this is a very... 90s badass movie from here on in is very um, Bruce Willis like take them all out one by one kind of moments mm-hmm. 
which I don't think we've actually really seen in any of the zombie movies up until now. It definitely changes the the it changes from being an intense thriller where you're like, oh god, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? To being more of an action film at that point, I think. Yeah, because it's basically like him just taking out the soldiers one by one, and he makes some good decisions, right? As he's going mm-hmm. through, right? Like he goes in and release, he shoots the the chain for the the one zombie that they had locked up, which of course you knew was going to happen. Like oh, the yeah. moment you see the tra- trapped zombie, like you know that that's going to come back to literally bite them. Um, yes. Later on, yeah. So he like releases that as like both to help him take out the other soldiers, but also as a distraction. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, then he just like starts taking everybody out one by one, but like he makes that disturbance first over at the gate by like doing the siren. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that he also calling, like making so much noise to like, because we, as we know, noise makes the, um, like dead people no, show. Yeah. No, noise zombies. attracts noise attracts zombies. Yeah. So he makes all that noise. Right. And so all these zombies start showing up and like kill everyone except uh, Christopher Eccleston's character. And then he like goes to the house and then starts like killing everybody. So they, they finally get Hannah and Selena into the taxi and they're about to drive off when they realize that, um, the the head soldier guy is in the backseat of the car. Yeah, they open the door and he's like, you killed all my men. And I was like, and? <laughs> and, before, and before he can do anything, Hannah buckles herself in, throws that shit in reverse, smashes through the gates, and the, the zombie that this guy's been keeping for research purposes reaches through and sucks him out of the window. <laughs> I mean, he does shoot Jim, which sucks. Yeah, he does shoot um, Jim. But like, she was great cuz she was in the car and she just like breaks through the front doors of the little like of the house and then the zombie just like snatches him through the window. I was like, <laughs> take that. <laughs> yeah, no. Hannah is badass in this movie. And I think that's one of my favorite things about this movie is that like you don't have as many like whimpering bad decision making characters. Yeah, I think that's the point is that obviously like the two like Selena is the <laughs> smartest one amongst the group to be honest. Yeah, she really is. I mean, because she knew what was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. as soon as things started going wrong with with like Jim and then she was like, "Oh, this isn't good. And like, she was trying to protect Hannah. Like she gave her more like a Valium or something. Yeah. Because she was pretty, she was trying to like ease the fact that they were going to rape the two of them and there was nothing she could do about it. And so this was like her, well, let's just try and make it as, as not bad as possible for this poor girl. I, <laughs> while she was all like, <laughs> all like out of it, she was, actually like really funny which is i mean you shouldn't be laughing in that situation but when she just like wanders off they were like where did she go yeah like she uh, dropped then, up, like, bro she's over there somewhere she's fine 
another another badass moment is like she's looking and she goes into this like kids room and there's a a big mirror mm-hmm. a big standing mirror and one of the infected gets into the room and she's gone and this girl is like doing a parkour chin up on this mirror mm-hmm. behind it and it's like god Hannah's badass she's so great like i i'm glad that she uh, survives this terror yeah yeah absolutely um so eventually they they wind up somewhere where they're relatively safe i guess they've crossed water to the point where like nobody can get to them and they're like you know they escape they get away and they put out these big sheets of fabric that says hello and then because i guess this this fighter plane keeps flying over them every day Mm-hmm. And so this is the way they signal, hey, <laughs> we're here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the the implication is that they they survive and are whisked off to safety. Uh, if you want more, watch 28 Weeks Later. Yes. I don't know that I can do that until way after we're done with all of these movies. <laughs> yeah. But it is a good movie. So, yeah. So what did you think about this one in general? Um, still very traumatic. Yes. Um, still very good. Uh, didn't like how it, the visually didn't hold up very well to being played on a uh, 4k television. Um, but still overall very terrifying. Yes. It's just an intense, like it's a different feel and flow than any of the movies we've seen at this point. And I don't know if that's a British thing where they really weren't like the the people you were rooting for really weren't making stupid mistakes. Where I feel like in American zombie movies, everybody's like, well, that's dumb. Why did you do that? And I don't think there was any moments when like there was unfortunate moments, mm-hmm. but there weren't any moments where it was like, oh, yeah, that was that was a dumb move. I also feel like what makes this movie scarier than, say, other zombie movies is that this one is way more realistic, like yeah. more probable, because it's not reanimation of the dead. It's a virus that's infected these people and it's being spread through like bodily fluid. So, like, it is a very real thing. Cause, like, Zombies themselves, like reanimation of the dead, like that doesn't seem likely to ever happen. But mass infection from a virus. <laughs> that would never happen, Katie. No, like, what are you thinking? That's yeah, that's silly talk. That uh, I'm so confused <laughs> on why I carry my vaccine card with me everywhere now. So weird. Um, but yeah, it seems much more realistic and like their response, like the characters, the way that they like respond to this is more, it feels more realistic if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And well, and yeah, up in, I'm sorry, go ahead. I interrupted. Um, I don't know. It's just like everything that happens just feels like more like, Oh yeah, that could totally happen. Kind of deal. Well, and for me, it also kind of feels like, I don't know the the ideal that it's a live virus. I feel with zombies, like they have to get to you, but mm-hmm. these raged f- fused creatures, they they can like projectile vomit at you, and you are you know just as likely to get sick. Oh yeah, that's why it's just like 
terrifying. <laughs> Zombies with range attacks. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just, just terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good movie. And a lot of people, if, if you talk to zombie purists, a lot of people are going to go, oh, this doesn't qualify as a zombie movie because they're not technically dead. But it uses all the same tropes mm-hmm. as a zombie film. So we're, it, we're counting it. Yes. <laughs> we're going with it. So that was intense. That was an intense movie. Um, but then we followed it up with Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Not- How do you feel about Shaun of the Dead? <laughs> I love Shaun of the Dead. Um, it's such a ridiculous movie. It's it's hilariously done. It's it's also seems very um, realistic mm-hmm. too. In that that would totally happen, where like all of this stuff would be going on, and there would be two moronic people who would just be like going about their day and not have any idea that a zombie apocalypse is happening around. (laughs) Yeah. Completely clueless, completely not completely oblivious to everything that is going on because they're just too self-absorbed in their own world to even notice because like the most ridiculous stuff is literally happening around them and they have no idea. Well, and it's, it's, very much a commentary on our lives because everybody looks like a zombie as the movie starts. Like, yes, it people are like stumbling to work. Everybody's half asleep on the bus. Like it's just, everybody is shambling through life. And so that was kind of like, that's the the tone that they set from the very beginning. It's, it is funny because it's one of those like commentary on like, how are you supposed to notice um, when everyone becomes zombies when everybody already was. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. And I'm just like, I feel that in my soul. <laughs> yeah. I see myself in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I'll see myself now. Thank you very much. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that's that's how it starts. I love the fact that I didn't realize this until I watched it this time, how many of the zombies you see when they're alive. Like, oh yeah. A lot of them. I think they use the same act. I think every single zombie you see is used somewhere else when they're alive. Yeah, like you see Mary who is in their backyard, like you see her at work alive. Yeah. And yeah. then there's like other people you see in the shop in where they work, uh, on the bus, all that stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> and the fact that he can just casually walk through them when he still doesn't know what's going on and just doesn't like the guy that he's always asking him for change, you know, almost gets him. And he's like, no, sorry, no change today, buddy. And then he's completely oblivious. It's, it's just so funny because like, it's supposed to be, I feel like there's a point in where it's talking about how people are so, focused on their themselves and what's like like 
just about them that they don't notice the world around them. Because there's so many times, like when he goes into the shop, there's literally like dead people in the shop and he picks up a drink and then he's like yelling for Martin and Martin's not there. And he's like, I left the money. I owe you money. And then he like leaves and there's like literally freaking dead people and zombies everywhere. And he's just like, Coke. Yeah. Yeah. No, no idea. Well, it's so he opens. It's one of my favorite moments is he opens the, the cooler with the drinks in it. Mm -hmm. There's two, bloody handprints on the glass and then he closes it and then as he walks away from it he slips on something you never see like even when it pans away there's nothing on the floor and it's just him slipping um but it's you know it's supposed to be he slipped on blood and yeah completely oblivious just and then you see the 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 shopkeeper in the background like shambling towards him very slowly yeah, because it's really funny because we go from like super fast zombies to back to like super slow zombies in this movie and these are by far the slowest zombies that we've had. Oh, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> they're in the backyard trying to get rid of Mary and the other guy. And they have time to, like, go back into the house, get records that they're going to use to, like, frisbee at them. And that doesn't work. So they have time to then go get something else and then come back. And they're still just trying to get rid of these two zombies. <laughs> I just... I don't know. It's really funny and ridiculous. And I have a whole lot of uh, anger towards Ed. I don't like Ed. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm done with Ed. And I think, I don't think I ever loved Ed, but I think the older you get, the less you sympathize with Ed, the more you want Ed to just go away. (laughs) Oh, my God. When he's like, so when, when he's trying to talk to Liz, right? at the when they're at the winchester and he just like keeps making all this noise and like they're trying to tell him like you really need to do something about like like why do you always bring him with you and he's like well he doesn't have any friends blah blah i'm like you wonder why yeah you could totally see why like there's no question as to why this man has no friends like he's a literal pain in the ass and like he's so selfish and stuff and i'm just like (sighs) when he finally like yells at him i was like like when he takes that phone call when they're outside the Winchester and they're all horde of zombies is coming with them. He's like, Oh, hang on. And he's like talking on the phone. I was like, I was like, I just pushed him into the crowd of the zombies. Like F you bro. And just like pushed him <laughs> in, like take him. He's yours. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I am out. Um, so yeah. So Sean breaks up with his girlfriend because he can't, Oh, well, I guess he hasn't broken up with her yet. He goes out with her. Um, and it just you just keep seeing over and over again how he's just irresponsible. Like he's just not aware of his surroundings. He's not he's not committing to this relationship. He's mm-hmm. taking everything for granted. And that's kind of the moral of the story is that we're trying to see him kind of come of age and become an, an adult because he's been living as a man child this entire time. Basically. So uh when he finally does realize what's going on and they, they come up with a plan, they find out that his, uh, Sean's mom in, and his stepdad, who he constantly keeps saying is not his real dad, um, he finds out that the stepdad's been bit and mm-hmm. they know that the bite causes them to turn into zombies. So like, all right, we have to go get my mom and kill um, oh, what's the dad's name. Philip and kill yeah kill Philip so um so they, <laughs> I love the I love the three iterations of the plan <laughs> I know so okay we're gonna go we're gonna go to my mom's house we're gonna pick her up kill Philip 
uh, go pick up um, Liz and then go to, and they keep coming up with different places. Mm-hmm. And then finally they, they, they land on the Winchester, which is the bar that Sean and Ed are kind of obsessed with. Like it's their go-to place. Yes. Um, I love the use of like British, I don't even know what you would call it. That whole, I don't want to be a bother thing that his mom does. Like everybody's uber polite. <laughs> oh God. She's like, I just, oh, like when she gets bit and she was like, I didn't want to worry him. And I was like, you're an idiot. No, but that's such a mom thing to do. It is a mom thing. <laughs> it's a really, I think everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I can see my mom saying that. <laughs> yep. I mean, same. Um, I loved, I loved his friend, uh, her friends, um, Diane and David. Yeah. Uh, David's a prick. <laughs> oh, that's for damn sure. Him and him and his hipster ways. Um, and Diane, I just because so she's a an, a struggling actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that comes back. I completely forgot about that scene, and it. It's such a payoff. You don't think anything about them to calling her a struggling actress at the very beginning, but it pays off so well later on. Yeah. So they they do go and pick up uh, Sean's mom and his stepdad. The stepdad is not doing well. No. Um, and he's doing even less well when they get into the, the driveway and he gets bitten again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she won't leave without him. So, you know, that's what we do. Uh I love the fact that every time they get into the car, um, they're blaring music and Philip's like, Oh my God, turn down that noise. And when he finally turns and they all get out of the car and Philip's stuck in the car, they, you know, the, the mother's freaking out and Sean's like, mom, there's nothing in there left of the husband you love. And he goes and turns off the music. again. (laughs) That's really funny. I was like, maybe there's something left. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of something in there. They do kind of pay homage to that later on, but we'll we'll get to that. Oh my god. But like Ed was just pissed me off the entire time. Like he wanted to drive the Jag, so he crashes Philip's car and he's like, Oops, I don't know what happened. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> really? So then he gets in the car and he's driving like an absolute maniac and like blaring the music and stuff. We were like, Why are you just being you? And then he's not like he's like they're like just drive, and he's literally trying to run over every single zombie he comes across. Like he's literally playing a game of, like, he's just he's just he's just knocking them over. Like he's not he doesn't have to. He could drive around them, but no, yep. just driving over every single one of them. Uh, let's just say that when he gets bit by the zombie, didn't feel any sadness. No, not that no. at all. I'm like deserved. <laughs> So they finally have to go on foot because uh, dead zombie Philip is now in the car. So they got to get out of there. Uh, and so they're going to go over back fences to get to the the pub. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the fact that so so early on he meets um, his friend Yvonne. Like before this all goes down, he meets Yvonne in the street and. You know, it's that awkward, I don't know you that well, we haven't talked, but hey, how's it going kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, surviving. And they, you know, they 
kind of catch up real quick and then move on. So now they run against run up against Yvonne again, and Yvonne has an entire party of people with her that is the mirror image of his party. So it's her boyfriend, uh, his two flatmates, her mom, and her cousin, who is basically supposed to be Ed. And do you know who Ed was? No. The guy who is Neil's uh, co-host on British Bake Off. Oh, uh, Matt, yeah. Matt, um, oh, what's his name? I forget. He Matt, was in- Matt Lucas. Yeah, he was in Doctor Who. Yeah, Matt Lucas. He's Cousin Tom. And uh, I was like, I know that guy. I know that guy. Oh, it's Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was funny. Oh, how are you doing? Surviving. Here's my crew. Here's my crew. Okay, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they get into a backyard. Um, Mom gets bit, but we don't know it yet. Um, and then when they finally get to the last one, Sean goes to look over to see how many zombies are between him and Chester and the answer, the Winchester. And the answer is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And that's when Diane can shine. Oh yeah. (laughs) Because she teaches them all how to act like zombies. She uses her acting skills (laughs) to teach them to be zombies. I have some thoughts about that in that Go there's no effing way that would work. <laughs> no, there is. Well, actually, um, it's not exactly the same, but it happens several times in the Walking Dead comic book where they basically smear zombie all over them and and walk through the zombies. Well, I mean, that happens in also in Warm Bodies, the same similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't even do that. They're just like... Like, you know, in The Mummy, right? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Um, when uh, Jonathan, he's, like, trying to get to the car, and he comes running out, and all of the, like, people are out there, and he's like, oh, he Hemote. <laughs> and then he, like, runs away. Um, yeah, same deal. Yeah, and, and they're all bad at it. Like, like it's oh, yeah. just ridiculous, but we're going to let it work for story purposes. <laughs> Because they get to the they get to the Winchester, they can't get in, and it, it must take an easy forty minutes <laughs> before the zombies get to them, and they're three feet away. It takes so long, and you're just like, I would have pushed Ed into the zombie horde to just like let them have him, to take him. I don't want him anymore. He's not mine. I love how, so so you know they're trying to get into the Winchester. The zombies are slowly shambling towards them. Um, Ed takes a call. Sean has none of it. He's done. Yeah. Has this big falling out with him. And then it's the whole like turn. And even the zombies are like, this is awkward. <laughs> I know. They're just standing there and they're like, you done? Are we going <laughs> to, are, are we, are we okay to keep going now? Are, are you finished? <laughs> I just, they just stop and stand there and watch the whole situation unfold. And I was just like, well, this is awkward. Well, it's British. It's polite. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to let them finish. We'll, we'll let you finish and then we'll uh then we'll go back to the we'll murdering continue. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and then i just i just love the david guy who's like brilliant idea is like oh we can't get through the door so i'm gonna smash this giant ass window in right. front of all the zombies so we can run into this building and show them where we're going and even sean is like the f is wrong with you <laughs> yeah, stupidest idea ever um we did skip over something that's brilliant so oh. <laughs> So, the mother's name is Barbara. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
We're coming to get you, Barbara. (laughs) So when they call her to tell her that they're going to come pick her up, Ed ends the call with, we're coming to get you, Barbara. And Hank's like, whoever wrote that line, I hope it was Simon Pegg. But whoever wrote that line is a genius. It was so well done. There's no way that they weren't going to do that. Come on. They named her Barbara specifically so that they could have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it was so good. Um, Penelope Wilson is also wonderful. I absolutely, I'm trying to remember what else I've seen her in. Oh, she's, um, um, what's her face from Downton Abbey? Oh, Maggie Smith's friend. Oh, yeah. The one that she's always going head to head with, with Maggie Smith. It's, it's one of the moms. Yeah. Um, she, she hates her. She thinks she's an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Downton Abbey. Isabel, the the yeah, basically Mary's mother-in-law. Um, she's wonderful. She's just absolutely wonderful, and I love her in this. She's so good. She's also in Doctor Who. It's really hilarious how many of the people in these two British movies are in Doctor Who. Well, there's like twenty British actors, and they're just in everything. Basically, the only difference is we didn't have Tom Hiddleston in any of these movies. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Although he wasn't very big when this came out. That's so, that's true. Yeah, he was like like if they had remade it now, he would probably have been at least a zombie. And also thinking about it, Chris Eccleston, he did um because what is it, twenty eight days later came out in two thousand three. That was pre him being picked as the first doctor. Right, right, right. For the for like bringing the show back, interesting. Yep. Um. So yeah, so they finally get into the the Winchester and Sean leads all the zombies away so that they don't follow him in. Um, David's a prick. That's kind of all you need to know. And then it's the whole, everything goes downhill from there because Ed turns on the music because Ed's just worthless. (laughs) Well, he turns on the, the slot machine thing first. That's Mm -hmm. super loud, makes lots of of noise. Then the music comes on and then like, then his like they find out that his mom got bit and and that's um, actually a very an emotional moment yeah oh you know what part i did love which is before all this when they're trying to figure out like to turn on the lights or whatever and sean's in the back room right and he's like <laughs> flipping the lights and he flips on the light and it turns on the porch light and there's all these zombies right at the window and he just goes turns it off and then pulls the shade down he was like nope we never saw that <laughs> <laughs> didn't see it not a problem we'll go elsewhere he was like oh oh wow he goes never mind i was dying because he's just like huh? <laughs> <laughs> so everything goes to hell uh, you get the classic david gets sucked out the window okay though but like he was trying to shoot the mom which was obviously like the mom needed to be killed but like not him and then he almost kills like he tries to shoot sean because he's in love with liz always has been and then when he gets sucked out the window and like they're like holding on to him i was like man his body's coming apart real easy (laughs) (laughs) he yeah he should have drank a lot more milk because there is no uh there's no strength in those bones (laughs) they come apart real quick i was i was dying though when um Diane like was holding on to one of his like legs that she had like ripped off 
right? And then she's just, she's gonna go out and save him, even though there's really nothing left to save. And then she goes charging into the zombies. Another trope. Yeah. And and she's hitting the zombies with his leg. She's like, "I'll save you," and I'm like, "Save what? You literally watched? <laughs> you him literally saw his head get torn, torn off. off." I was just, I was dying. I was like, "Okay." Yeah. No. It's so it like the number of callbacks to things in this. It's so good. It's just mm-hmm. so good. Um, and finally, after like you know many things not working and them getting stuck in the basement and then finally being able to get out, um, the only people really surviving are uh, are Sean and Liz. Mm-hmm. And then Yvonne, good old Yvonne, <laughs> comes charging in with the military. Yep, saves the day. Pur- purposely came to get them. Thought thought you might need a lift. Yes. How are you how are you doing? Surviving. I love her. Um and so then it, you know of course the the kind of end concluding concluding scene is life has changed. Sean has learned his lesson. Him and Lizzie get along. Uh, the zombies have been repurposed as manual labor cuz they were pretty much zombies to begin with and um and everything is is all well and good, and then you find that Sean has put up Ed in the shed, so he plays video games that's on B Ed when Liz is not looking. I was dying when he um like went to reach for the controller and Ed tried to bite him, and he was like Ed, and he was just like oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yep. And like honestly, like I love when they like uh, at the end when he wakes up, right, and he comes out into the living room, and like the whole house is like spick and span and clean, and it's like, oh, clear where the problem was. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was no question as to why the problem was. You know what? What was causing the problems here? Yes, I do love Pete, their other flatmate. Oh my god, yeah. He 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 fulfilled the the naked zombie trope in this. I was crying <laughs> because he gets so angry about how like uh, Ed never writes down messages, doesn't clean up after himself, how he doesn't pay rent because he's not supposed to be living there. He just came by to hang out and play video games and then never left. Uh huh. Um, and then he gets angry about the door thing. He was like, "You need to left the door open again." And then that one time they leave the door open, a zombie comes like wandering in. I'm like, mm. <laughs> maybe next time close the door. Pete is not wrong. He nope. may not handle it well, but Peter is not wrong. <laughs> nope. Nope. I didn't realize he played the tick. That's a perfect role for that guy. That's funny. Because he's kind of anorm- abnormally large. Yeah, he's a pretty big guy. Like, really tall. Yeah. yeah. It's a very imposing zombie. And he's the first one to bite um, Ed. Good. He he gets he gets his revenge. <laughs> I like when uh, uh, they were they were getting ready to leave, and Sean is like, "I've got to go to the bathroom." So he like goes up there to go to the bathroom. Here's a com- like some noises in the shower. Opens the curtain, and and Pete's in there like zombie, like naked. And he goes, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry." <laughs> Closes the curtain, and like he's like, "We need to go." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's gonna stay behind the protective curtain. He will not die. <laughs> so, so funny yeah such a great show yep super good so like if you're if you 
are stressed out by zombie movies. Um, I'm glad, again, I think this was a Katie idea that we paired this with 28 Days Later. It definitely is a good chaser. But if you're like, I can't do zombie movies, they're too scary, this is not a scary zombie movie. No. Like, you have a bunch of, you have two idiot people who are trying to kill two zombies in their backyard by throwing things at them. They're like, uh, throws a salt shaker and then a toaster. And then they start arguing about what albums to throw. And he's like, that's limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, what about this one? What about this one? Have you seen the other two uh, Cornetto trilogy? No. They're called the Three Flavors of Cornetto trilogy? No, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen Hot Fuzz, but The World's End is pretty funny. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the other two. Um, I've seen some other movies with, with Simon Pegg and stuff, but I haven't watched the rest of those movies. My sister likes Hot Fuzz, though. Yeah, I have to watch Hot Fuzz. And I know there's people listening right now that are like, what? You haven't watched? No, I haven't watched Hot Fuzz. Nope. As always, we have some Lyle uh, feedback, which I absolutely love. It makes me happy uh, because I, I this time I had seen the movies before, but I hadn't watched them yet. So it was nice to go, oh, yeah, I remember that happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for twenty days late, 28 days later, he says, first, this animal treatment is fucked up. Yes. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to ever th- anybody to think that at the beginning of this I was like, oh, it's sure, it's fine. It's just the the <laughs> the people liberating the monkeys were not handling it the best way. Oh no, they should never have been doing any of that testing and what they were doing to those monkeys. Like that is no, horrific and awful, and terrifying. But also, those people were stupid. <laughs> Same time. Why is one guy keeping his mask on? Okay, so this time it is a human-made plague. We know patient zero zombies here feel like the Reavers from Serenity. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because I think when we meet Mark and Selena, they're all like gas masked out and everything. Yes. Interesting question. Are these zombies? Typically, zombies refer to some kind of living dead, but these folks don't seem to die before turning. I don't think they aren't zombies, but it does raise an Interesting question of what exactly is a zombie. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. I think the tropes make this a zombie movie, even if they aren't your typical zombies. Um, I had mentioned that I had started watching last week Van Helsing, the TV series. And I would put that in the zombie genre, even though they're vampires, because it's the same tropes. It's like everybody's turning into whatever that is and coming after you. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this one made me laugh. He found pants. Good for him. Oh, I because know. Because again, at, at the beginning of the movie, again, Killian Murphy is completely bare-ass naked. I was like, he's butt-ass nude. You see everything. Like, there is nothing hidden. You, like you get, a, you get a full top-down, top shot from above while he's laying in the bed. You're just like, yeah. oh, penis. <laughs> there you go. All there for display. Um, it's so clear something's happened, but he's alone and clueless. Yep. True. Um, isn't this the same basic startup to Walking Dead? Yes. Like we talked about, there are a lot of, of films and TV shows and comic books that have used this trope. And again, I think the reason why they do that is it's like, well, why would somebody be completely clueless for the entire fall of civilization so that 
we can have the audience discover what happened while they discover what happened. And this, I guess, is what they've all decided is like the easiest way to go. Coma. Got it. Coma. Coma. Yes. It's all about the coma. Um, lore dump. Yes. So that's when he first meets Selena and Mark. It is a big, like, this is all the stuff that happened. Yep. Unless you've got no choice, which rule are we breaking to end the movie dead? I'm confused by that. Yeah, it says, in quotes, unless you've got no choice, which rule are we breaking to end the movie dead? I lost you on that one, buddy. (laughs) I don't don't know what he means by that. Yeah, I don't either. Um, Pepsi product placement abounds. Yes, very much. I have concerns about how family, how friendly this family is. Yes. Isn't that sad that that's our natural place to go? Is like, oh, I don't trust these people. They're really friendly. Well, that's also like they call it out literally in that because he was saying that, was it Selena? They said that like they need us more than we need them. Right. And uh, Frank basically calls it out. He was like, the flat is tiny. We can hear you. And he's like, but you're not wrong. Right. Like we do. Then Hannah, Hannah, who's a badass, goes, actually, we need each other. He was like, actually, you. She's like, actually, you need us just as much as we need you. So, uh, seamsies. Yeah. (laughs) Again, love Hannah. She's a badass. Um, Jim is a real dumbass. I am guessing that that is when he goes off by himself at the gas station and has to put down the little kid who's infected. Yeah, probably. Because that's exactly the same thing I was thinking. It's like, why are you walking away from the group? Anytime anyone ventures away from the group, it's always going to go badly. It happens every time. Yeah. Um, That grass is too green to be that short. It is... That healthy and a month out, it would be knee high. <laughs> oh my! That God. is something that my husband would pick out and would not watch the rest of the movie because of it. <laughs> because of the grass? Oh yeah, no. There's been movies or TV. Well, not so much movies. Like movies, he'll like if it's far enough in, he'll he'll suffer through. But there'll be TV shows where he'll see like the same vine in five shots and be like, I can't watch this anymore. So poorly done. I can't watch this anymore. Oh my goodness. <laughs> But you're not wrong. He's, wow. You're not wrong. No, no, both of them are not wrong. Uh, cool. Now he's high on balls and confu- high as balls and confused. Yeah, I was a little nervous. I had forgotten when certain things happened. I didn't really remember this movie as well as I thought I had, and I got a little bit parts of it a little bit confused with Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's what made me even more stressed out while I was watching this. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember what's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I would never recommend taking any sort of drugs when you're trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. Because the fact of the matter is, is you need to be able to re- react quick, quickly. And if you're high as a kite, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, no. And also, like, I get that sleep is important for like stamina and stuff. But also, like, how you gonna wake up? Like, you're just going to die. I mean, he even calls it out. He was like, they could kill us and we wouldn't even care. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) you're not wrong, sir. Not wrong, no. Uh, Frank, the all dad. Yeah. Yeah, poor Frank. 
I liked Frank so much. It hurt. It hurt deep in my soul when he uh, died. Yes. Well, then the very next line uh, for Lyle is in all caps, fuck, it's in his eye. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Which I think is the same reaction we all had the first time we saw. I knew it was coming. That's one of the main things I remember from, like, if, if you ever say 28 days later, that's the, that is what comes to mind is that the blood uh, in the top eye. shot. Mm-mm. Yeah, the, the the just the falling from the sky down, mm-hmm. and I gotta say there are some pretty crazy edits in this movie. Yeah, it's very well edited and very, the cinematography is amazing. I have a lot of feelings about the whole eye thing because, like, obviously, like, oh my god, he's gonna get infected with the rage virus, but also like all the other potential blood related diseases that flash through my brain when that blood that drop of blood falls in his eyeball. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was <laughs> it's like, it's just, no. And people have eye issues. Like, eye horror is definitely a thing. I don't, I just, like, and that was a huge drop of blood and it just, like, it fell in his eye. And I was like, <sighs> the heebie jeebies, the heebie jeebies. Yeah. Uh, then he says, woo, British nihilism. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And again, people are the real evil. Always. It's not Always. the zombies. It's the people. Ah, <laughs> oh, there it is. Topless zombie. We had to have it. I thought Naked Jim at the beginning was going to check that box, but no. <laughs> oh, no. There was a topless one at some point. <laughs> yeah, there was a topless one. Uh, holy shit, that was intense. And not because of the zombies, mostly. It was just how casual everyone was about. Yeah, we're just going to gather up some women and, you know. And then resigned the women were, and how resigned the women were to it. It almost wasn't a zombie movie. Like there were just the pressure pushing, they were just the pressure pushing the plot forward. I know that that's what zombie movies do, but this was different somehow. I really can't put my finger on why. It, it honestly hurt at um, seeing just like, I guess this is what's happening now. Like that mm-hmm. was basically their reaction. And it hurt that that's, like, honestly would have been the reaction of, of most women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, if it's a good zombie movie, there's social commentary. And I don't think we've had this strong of social commentary slapping you in the face. Yeah. In any of the movies thus far. Yep. This one was pretty in your face. Mm-hmm. Even Shaun of the Dead had the, had the we're already zombies yep. social commentary. So, uh, the biggest surprise was the introduction of fast zombies in a way that didn't change the feel. While they were fast, they mostly still had the pressure of slow zombies. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Because it, it was like the quiet moments were the ones that were intense, the most intense. Mm-hmm. Which with your most of your fast zombie movies, your, your quiet moments are you're like, okay, nothing's going to happen until something happens. And then when something happens, you're like, oh, God, um, this, you're just like waiting because, you know, something's coming. So which is very much the slow zombie trope. Yeah. Uh, why are people the monsters? Yeah. I wonder that all, all the time. Yep. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Half these people already look like zombies. Just going to just going about daily life. I think that's the joke. It is. It is the joke. (laughs) 
OMF Oblivious Sean is amazing. <laughs> really, like it's almost, I can't even remember if it's a one take or not, but I think that him leaving the apartment, going down the street to the, um, the store to get the drink and then walking back, I want to say is all in one take. It seems like it is. At least I'm remembering it all as one take. If it's not, it's only like two or three takes. And it's uh, like it's a single shot all the way there and all the way back. It's so well done. Yeah. Um, I feel like I recognize literally every major actor in this film from something else. But that's British TV slash film for you. IMDb confirms. (laughs) That's accurate. (laughs) So true. Um, This also has the painfully awkward comedy that physically hurts me. The breakup scene, yeah. Oh, it's so awkward. (laughs) So awkward. (laughs) Uh, This movie only works because of slow zombies. Fast zombies would ruin it. Agreed. It's so much fun. It's so much more funny because uh, of the slow zombies. It makes it hilarious. I mean, funnier. That's bad English. Sorry, bad grammar. And they're so slow. They're like, like, they are slow kicked up a notch. I mean, they have like a whole full on blowout of their friendship and the zombies are just like, <laughs> you done so we can get back to what we were supposed to be doing. I was waiting for a zombie to say, sorry. <laughs> sorry, are we interrupting? <laughs> um, OMG, we're coming to get you, Barbara. I died. Oh my God. Had you never seen Shaun of the Dead before? I don't think he'd ever seen Shaun of the Dead. I don't think he's seen it. I don't think zombie movies were in his in his wheelhouse. <laughs> oh. No, I think this is the first time he's watching most of these movies. Oh, that makes it so much better. Right? I can't wait to hear um, his thoughts on the next two. They're so British, having tea instead of dealing with things. Absolutely. Or a pint. Uh, a pint. Uh, mirror group, LOL. I don't know what this is a pull from other than the trope of standard group makeup, but it's a riot. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. And a lot of those characters, like the the one who plays her boyfriend, I don't remember what his name is, but he's the one who's the, the CIA agent in Black Panther. Oh. <laughs> um, Wait. Okay, that... Which one? Um, the the boyfriend in the group of doubles. Was that Martin like, uh, Freeman? Yvonne's boyfriend. Yeah. Um, it's Martin Freeman, right? I wasn't. I think I might have not been paying attention. That yeah, Martin Freeman. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's Watson from Sherlock. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody in that group has been in other Simon Pegg movies. And then, um, ba, 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 ba. okay, that ending was excellent. Mm-hmm. Much much shorter list because so much of it was zombie tropes repackaged in painful understatement and conflict avoidance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> While I feel like I got it, I also feel like I missed some specific callbacks. I'm not always the best at seeing them. No, I think like it wasn't just callback after callback, which I think would have gotten like it would have gotten old quick. Mm-hmm. I think they did a very good job of throwing the throwbacks in there, one of the callbacks in there. I mean, even when they were talking about, like, I don't know if you caught it, but when um, 
he's sitting down with Liz in at the end, just before he goes out and finds zombie Ed in the shed. Um, the news report goes and reports of uh, rage infected monkeys uh, turned out not to be the cause of basically saying that's not real zombies. So I don't know if anybody caught that, but the, the news program basically said that 28 days later is not real zombies. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there are little things in there that you could miss because there's so much little stuff in the background. The news reports are full of little things that you might not catch. Um, I love how he's clicking through the various um, TV programs and when you listen to everything that all the things are saying as he's flipping through, it's basically telling him that there's a zombie, but it's broken up among all different types of shows. That was really funny. It reminds me of that um, part in um, Austin Powers Mm -hmm. when, when they're trying to describe what the ship, the rocket ship that Dr. Evil gets away in. You're like, it looks like a giant hot dog. Get your hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like sweet salty nuts salty nuts it's really funny i love that i love that kind of humor it's so stupid but it's my favorite well it's just so good it's so it's so well done it's such a such a smart movie i mean they would have to time that right like i mean obviously like they may have done it in like post editing but like him clicking through it and like it picking up specific words that all string together to be like there's a zombie apocalypse why are you not paying attention <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> uh, so thank you lyle we i i actually i love every every week it, it accomplishes two things it's like okay Lyle's caught up. I really need to get my ass in gear and watch these movies. <laughs> yeah. And, and B, it just makes me look forward to watching the movies. And I'm so glad that we have people that are watching with us. Cause it, it makes such a big deal. It makes such a big difference. It makes it sound, it makes it so much more interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Blossom. So, um, we have made it through two more movies. Next week, we're doing Zombie Romance. I'm so excited. So we're going to be doing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Warm Bodies. I'm I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, this is going to be the first one that I have actually not seen. Yeah, it's going to be good. I read the book and the movie is... I think it's really good. I'm like hyping this up and people might think it's terrible, but... Do you I feel like the movie does does justice to the book or are they completely different no it, it's 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 the same story yeah and, and it does done, it does a good done job. pretty well yeah yeah um the actors that they picked in it you'll recognize so many of them like uh uh lady catherine de Berg is cersei the actress who plays cersei lannister okay uh-huh uh matt smith is in this uh okay plays Mis- mr collins and it makes a lot of sense <laughs> um but you'll recognize some of the other actors like it's it's super good trust me excellent yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i think i will actually watch this one with matt because i we we have not been able to um watch a lot of the movies i think he'd be more game but we've just not had the time Mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna try and really make an effort to have him watch this one because i just think the concept is brilliant it's it makes like if you love the story of Pride and Prejudice itself, 
like if you love that story like I do, I love like 2005 Pride and Prejudice, the one with Karen Knightley. I know that movie backwards and forwards. I know all the lines. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. Um, but if you love that, if you like the story, like this really makes the Bennett sisters much more badass in this. <laughs> like they're already pretty awesome. Like Elizabeth is already pretty great, but like this makes them zombie hunter badasses. And, uh, like, I'm I'm guessing, like, you get a little bit of a flavor of it if you're, if you're a a Downton Abbey fan, because it's a little bit of the same kind of society has to, yeah, you know, you have to keep society together at all costs. (laughs) Yeah, there's still, there's still all of that, like, the society element, like, they do a great job of, like, storytelling and stuff in it, and, like, they give you both concepts, like, all of the, like the same time frame like uh pride and prejudice and then they add in like they flavor it with some zombie stuff it's great excellent 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 so that's what we're doing next week um let's get this wrapped up all the music in this episode is by ben sound is being used under a creative commons license you can find more music by ben sound at bensound.com geek to dude is a proud member of the geek to geek network check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast tea time with katie and chelsea disney forever you can't stop me loving k-pop the nerdberg review jrpgs and me dragon quest fm as the dice roll mating habits of the modern geek and sometimes rob and our newest podcast farming simulated i have to say yesterday was the first time that it was cool enough for me to wear my geek to geek media sweater and i was very excited oh i love it because I got the hoodie and it, it's, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, and Troidal Power and Geen. And make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Katie, where can we find you? Um, you can follow me personally if you want. If you want to go back and read my rage about tw- uh, Ticketmaster, um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter using the handle at Lady Catherine P. Also, I have social medias for all of the million podcasts that I'm on. So at... <laughs> Tea Time with KC and at Loving K Pop Pod and at Disney Forever Pod. Disney Ever Pod. Sorry, that's the name of that one. <laughs> it's not like you have a lot to remember. Yeah, I always forget the name of the Disney Forever one. Void's going to laugh at me. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Yes. And thank you, Katie, for, for coming out and uh, <laughs> and watching all of these movies. Like, I don't usually give my, my guests this much homework. It's it's okay. Things have not been going well for, like, recording for Disney Forever because Void is just so busy um, right. with work and stuff. So we haven't had time. Um, so I haven't had to, like, do extra homework for that one. So this is, like, it's been fine. Just need to stop waiting till the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Same. All right, folks. Uh, go ahead and watch those next two movies, and we will see you back here next time. And until then, remember this week, keep it geek. Bye.